This is Lego Football. You're with David Faridi, your Lego Football host, and this is one for the Serie B purists. Today, we're going to talk the Italian second division, and the club we are focusing on today is Genoa. Genoa, the club that was relegated last season from Serie A, they look like they're on the way back up into the Italian top flight. They are blowing away so many other clubs in Serie B right now. And to speak about this, we have Fabrizio. He's the Genoa Club Toronto president and co-host of La Lanterna podcast, which is great. I've been on that before. Fabrizio, tutto bene? Tutto bene. Thank you for having me here, David. And ciao to everyone. Ciao a tutti. Perfect. Great to have you back because I've been wanting to speak Serie B for so long. Everything's come in time for this 10-game unbeaten streak of the Genoa Cricket and Football Club. I need to say cricket because I'm an Australian. So, And you actually have that in Canada. So uh, Genoa known by that name and they are back. They look like they could be due for automatic promotion. What are your thoughts on the season so far? Well, for the oldest uh, team in Italy, it's very important. It's interesting that you say that when it comes to mind immediately when we think about a lot of coaches in Serie B or even fan base for that matter, saying uh, the Genoa side is almost like a uh, been borrowed to the Serie B for the interim. Uh, that was also the management's uh, thoughts from the get-go. The, they had this slogan that a lot of people were a little bit afraid for, for jinxing purposes, saying, saying only one year. Um, and you can imagine what happened in Italy when they, the jinxing part. But uh, essentially, yeah, the, the season is going, uh, I would say, to what the expectations were. Um, we probably will do deep dive a little bit more in, in particular, but I would say a two-faced Genoa. So it started with the Blessing era, so we saw him in the Serie A side as well when, when he took over. Uh, but then uh, after he was let go with uh, Giladino, it's just a totally different story. And Giladino was brought in was he the Primavera coach and was brought in as interim and has clung on to this? What's happened? Indeed, it was. Uh, he was uh, six months uh, at the, with the Primavera guys, which at the same time, even they got uh, relegated to the second division of Primavera, so Primavera due. Um, and essentially, they said, OK, in the interim, while we're going to look after and wait for the January market, perhaps, and whatnot, we'll claim him as an interim. Uh, also, because you, it, how it is right now in Genoa is um, it's a new ownership, essentially. From last year, uh, the 777 partners, uh, might, maybe some of you have heard of them because they're starting to snatch a few teams, even one in Australia, as you know, the victory from Melbourne. Yeah, they're all around the place now, and they're Americans, aren't they? Yes, they are indeed. And uh, they're creating this quasi you know, model like the Red Bull or the, the, the Man City. V very different because they're talking about not satellite teams, but they're all unique to themselves and whatnot. But it's interesting where, where they want to take this. And, uh, and, and their, their focus has always been on looking for older teams, the ones that have, you know, maybe the oldest, maybe uh, under-recognized because they used to be you know, something different. I'm thinking the first that comes to mind, like, for example, Red Star from Paris or the Standardage from, from Belgium and so on. Well, they've got hold of Melbourne Victory, which is great for Australian football or soccer, as we call it there. But the problem is, I'm sorry to tell you, Fabrizio, Melbourne Victory finished last 
So hopefully what they're doing with Genoa will somehow, they'll project that over to Australia and get a victory in the right direction. They shouldn't be allowed to be called Melbourne victory at this point when you come dead last on the table. Good news is, though, there's no relegation in the A-League. However, there is in Serie A, as Genoa found out last season. But promotion is just around the corner, in my opinion. There's a few games to go. If we have a look at the Serie B table, Genoa in second position, four points behind league leaders Frosinone, who have just stunted their run a little bit with a couple of draws and a loss in the last four. And Genoa, superb form, 10 undefeated now. What do you think of that? I mean, the turning point in this season, you said it started with a Blessinera, then I remember that Palmer loss came. So what has actually turned things around besides Giladino taking over and, and just doing a great job? He's obviously got a little bit of luck on his side. He's taken out a few other coaches as well that were his former 2006 World Cup winning Fratelli. That's right. He took, yeah, he's t- taken them all down. I mean, Genoa, the turning point had to be the Parma match, in your opinion, or is there something I'm missing? Well, I think the Parma match was more on a psychological level, not necessarily the team itself, because also if you look at the matches before um, the Parma match itself, Genoa was still doing quite well. Um, not um, n- No losses since uh, Gilardino took over, except for that Parma. The Parma match itself, I think it was definitely a changing point when it comes to the psychological aspect, as I was mentioning, where Gilardino, when he... Uh, talks to the, I mean, I wasn't there specifically, but you can only read them from the headlines or hear it around. Um, and he, he, he brings that um, humanity and uh, works with, uh, with, with, with the players themselves. And I think, just to put it in very simple words, when after that match, he went to the locker room and just told them off and say, we cannot do it this way. We cannot go there as prima donnas thinking that we are Genoa, that, uh, you know, we are, we have these specific names in the bench or whatnot. It doesn't matter. Serie B, especially this year, I'm surprised to that because I, I got to know Serie B a lot more, of course, and thanks also to the pod from La Lanterna. But um, it's a highly competitive um, league. Way, That's brutal. Way more than Serie A. And for that, it makes it also very much more interesting. I know it's the second league, and we get that. But when you look at the two, it's even the and you, you, you talked about it before we went um, live with the, with the recording, but uh, look at Cosenza. The last one can win with the top teams and, and, and go on a, on a streak that is like unbelievable. Yeah. Something that on the Serie A side, it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I mean, look at the bottom teams at the moment. It's Benevento, Brescia, Spal. And these are, are teams with decent budgets for the Italian second division. And they are on struggle street now. If we take a look at the bottom there, it is Benevento. Oh, sorry, Benevento and Brescia were both in the top eight last season playing off. And Brescia only just went out to Monza. Monza went on to get promoted after beating Pisa. But Benevento were very, very strong. So... Perugia's there as well. They were also in the top eight. Cosenza are always in that play-out region. Somehow they have dug themselves out of so many ditches over the past three, four years. And the one season they actually did get relegated, Kiev went bankrupt and they found themselves with a free get-out-of-jail card to go back up to Serie B because they didn't have the numbers. So they allowed Cosenza back in. Somehow they have been able to push on. But Genoa up the other end of the 
of the Classifica at the moment. And like you said, during the season, too many players thinking we are Genoa. By default, we're going to win. But, you know, they lost at home to Cittadella, if I recall correctly. And, and uh, you know, not a bad loss to lose in the Coppa Italia against Roma. Although Mourinho's football this season is a little bit left to be desired. Uh, that 2-0 away loss to Parma. But since then, it's been really, really good. I mean, it, the momentum has built. You beat Palermo. You beat Spal at home. You beat Cosenza at home 4-0. Uh, you didn't lose on the roads for a while. And there was an interesting stat you told me before. They haven't conceded at home for six games consecutive. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, Mar- Martinez, which is actually a player on loan, we uh, surprisingly, the, the, the management had put him, um, he's Spaniard, but he, they put him as the main goalie rather than Semper, former Kievo play, player and goalie. Uh, but he's been doing such an amazing job and the, 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 the fact of showing the modern type of football, soccer, whichever we prefer to call it, uh, in a goalie itself makes a lot of people cringe. But at the same time, it's the new type of uh, soccer that we're seeing it that is quite interesting to see the goalie not only in the goals itself, but also maybe like a sometimes a little bit like, if I may use this term, a libero sometimes. Yeah, you see that now as Spalletti, he says, I don't really have a formation sometimes. It's just open spaces and therefore those defenders can find the libero dynamic where they can scoot into a position or then just find the open spaces and, and create those runs forward. So at the back, Mattia Bani, Stefano Sabelli. You've also got in the midfield, Milan Badel. You've got Aromu who came over from Venezia. Uh, Yagiello, I think that's how you pronounce the Polish midfielder's surname. Yeah. He's got four goals. He's a pretty good backup, in my opinion, with Pushkas off the bench. You've got Goodmanson with eight goals. You've got Massimo Koda, who is the Serie B legend. Got Lecce promoted. He's got 10 goals. Um, you know, good all round statistics there. Uh, a little bit of controversy this season as well with Portanova and his uh, court proceedings, but you've had a big gun come back. How's Domenico Criscito going? Domenico Criscito, uh, there was obviously a lot of controversy uh, because a lot of uh, you know fans were a little bit against his return, not only for the fact that back and forth, back and forth, and supposedly he was supposed to be ending his career at Toronto, here where I am, by the way, but I was super glad to see him go back because he brings that uh, knowledge in a in a very um, you know his career just speaks for itself like from Zenit to to Juventus coming from the Juventus side even though it was like in the Giovanili but at the same time um, he he brings that uh, level of confidence that uh, on the left side he did say I'm coming back just to help it's my last year for sure um, I, I'm here for the cause. And he actually went in there. Not too many people know it, but he's there with a minimo sindacale, which means like the lowest uh, um, wage that a player can get, which is something around 18,000 euros a year. Wow. I mean, I think that's double the average Italian wage for, for the average worker. But still, yeah, for a, for a footballer in Serie B, that's ridiculously low. And he's obviously doing it for love. And just to turn over a, a few, you know, just petrol money, I guess, for his Lamborghini. Who knows? Uh, Eddie Salcedo has also come over. Did he come over in January? And he's already scored a couple of goals. That's correct. He's on the bench. Uh, so he's not, he never starts from the, uh, the starting 11. Uh, let's not forget also Strutman, 
or uh, Dragushin, which came came from Juventus, and even Dragushin himself being a, a, a defender, he's already on the on the scoring sheet four times now. Yeah, four goals. You know, in the assist column here, I'm just having a quick look, and Goodmanson looks like an all-rounder with you know 12 goal involvements four of those assists eight eight goals and Korda yeah I've watched a bit of his football this season he's still got that lethal finishing just when you don't expect it as a defender a swivel and bang across the keeper in the bottom corner he's so great and Adamu maybe hasn't had the effect and that impact in terms of accruing goals he's only got two and two assists but having those players it's just a silky smooth luxurious opulent squad for Serie B especially to go in there and Giladino obviously knows how to coach in terms of attacking football he isn't a striker Uh, he's got that in his heart so he's always going to try and uh, formulate a side that will be a little bit attack-minded at the right time of course he's an Italian coach so you still have to defend, and Calcio is defence-minded for most of the game, but good win away at Brescia, 3-0. You just recently beat Perugia 2-0 over the weekend, and you guys tweeted about that on the Genoa Club Toronto page. Giladino's men are the big winners of this match, day 33, after a draw by Bari and the defeat of Sutirol, which is two other significant results for Genoa. Unbelievable in terms of just giving them that little bit extra that little uh, bit more of a step to go up to Serie A without the pressure of having to get big results in the coming weeks. And the Rosso Blue are now six points ahead of third place. Five more matches to get the promotion to Serie A, Forza Genoa. So five matches left before the playoffs. I don't think Genoa is going to have to bother with those. They're going to get automatically promoted, I think. Are there any games coming up that you think could be an issue? 10 undefeated. You've got Cittadella away Next, and you guys are doing a podcast, I believe, with uh, the Cittadella podcast as well. And for those of you who don't know at home, it's uh, Genoa Club Toronto at Genoa Club Toronto. If you got to put the O on, but that's fine. It didn't fit. <laughs> and uh, La Lanterna Pod is at L A L A N T E R N A P O D. La Lanterna Pod. Uh, so it didn't fit. So I blame Twitter. Blame Elon Musk for that one. Uh, so any games coming up that you feel could allow Bari and Sutirol back? You've also got that game coming up in Sutirol. It's going to be a tough one, uh, David. The last five, it's going to be tough for everyone because no matter what, I think different uh, to Serie A, Almost every position, you're getting closer to either the playouts or the playoffs. So also that makes it more interesting for the mid-table teams. So even uh, so the first match, as you mentioned, for with Cittadella, they're hungry for points because they're like edging there with, with the playouts area. Then right after that, so two consecutive um, away games with the Sutiro, which we've always in our pod always uh, um, surprised and pleased with the with the Cinderella story of, of Sutiro. Yeah, uh, seeing them now sitting in the fourth, but up until before, they were like side by side with Bari. Um, so it's not going to be an easy match going up in Bose and Bolzano. Um, after that, we know we have Ascoli. So you, you, to answer your question is. Which ones are the difficult ones? They're all well, difficult. They're, they're all difficult. Yeah. But depending on how we arrive in the last two, these are going to be the tough one against the current leader, 
at Frosinone, so we'll be playing at Frosinone, and the very last one at home against Bari. Yeah, everyone's been massacred at Frosinone, apart from Cosenza, I might add, who actually won there 1-0. But Frosinone, 20 wins from 33. They've only lost six times. Actually, Genoa's record in terms of losses is better than Frosinone's only lost five games. So between Blessin and Giladino, not a bad result uh, in terms of attack. Frosinone has the best in the league, Bardi second, which is astounding for me. Then it's Genoa and Regina equal third, but Genoa the second best defense. So it's an all-round performance in my view. Bardi and Sutirol came from Serie C last season. That's the third division for those of you who don't know. And Genoa come down from Serie A. It's like a collision of... Two different worlds. Recent contemporary. Yeah, two different worlds. Genoa is a contemporary Serie A great, whereas Bari is, it's like Zio Beppe's team from the 90s with Igor Protti and uh, Nicola Ventola. Sud Tirol is, is a very, very young club. I think it's only 25 years old. So they have somehow come together on this collision course they're fighting it out at the top of Serie B, which is a beautiful thing. And Frosinone, we all know them from four or five years ago back in Serie A. Cagliari struggling in sixth. Well, it's a struggle compared to Genoa. When you look at the points difference there, it's 15 points between Genoa and Cagliari. But looks like the Sardinians will be in the run for a playoff spot at the very least. But like you said, Fabrizio, you can win or draw a couple of games in a row and you, all of a sudden you're back in the running for a playoff spot because it's that even in the guts of the standings. But then if you lose one or two, then you're, you know, it could be peril. You could be in the, in the playout spots within two, three weeks. So it's all there to be, to be mapped out, I guess. Uh, the drama of Serie B and uh, the drama of Calcio, the opera that we're about to, to listen to, we'll see how that pans out. It's going to be something special, I think, especially with Spal Brescia and Benevento at the bottom. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And Venezia struggling. I mean, they shouldn't have palmed off Aramo to you guys. Well, same to Parma. Like, forever we would have been waiting them coming up to in Serie A, but they're yeah. sitting there forever. Well, they've got a little bit of form. They've won a couple of their last three, so we'll see how they go. Pisa, who just missed out on promotion from last season, losing that final to, to Monza, they're in eighth, but you know if they lose one or two, Modena and Palermo will, will pounce. Palermo is one of the other sides that came up from Serie C. They're within distance. They're within three, four points. So who will miss out? Regina's had a horrible run of form that they've been able to arrest in the last two, three weeks. People in Zaghi, I thought he was on his way out. So I actually thought there might be a week where Simone and people get sacked in the same week. So <laughs> It's so true. Uh, but... We're, we're still also waiting for their penalty points, perhaps, that are coming through this week. That's what the rumor is. Due to the fact of uh, unpaid uh, taxes or something like that. Let's see how that pans out. I wonder if uh, people is getting paid. But Ternana in mid-table, it's one of those sides that are sort of always there and thereabouts. They had a really good season a couple of years ago in Serie C, broke records just like Sutirol did last season. So you've got these sides coming up that conglomerate like triple seven would lap up some of these clubs. Reggiana's just been promoted up from Serie C for the next Serie B season. Same with uh, Fadal Pisalo. And I think that's aside from the Provincia di Brescia. So if Brescia goes down, I guess the Bresciani still have someone to support 
commiserations. But uh, it's amazing that Brescia, we all saw them with Sandro Tonali and, you know, big players, uh, Tore Grossa. All of a sudden, they're at the foot of Serie B and that's just the way it is. I guess it's a vicious Serie B jungle out there. You get churned up and you disappear. To their side, you have to give them that they have probably one of the last... Um, owners uh, that are the trouble ones if you if I may say like Palermo got rid of it Genoa got rid of it and uh, they still have the the former owner that which is one of those famous ones that uh, you know sack a lot of is that Mr. Cellino that's it (laughs) yeah well uh, they don't have Alberto Zangrillo do they or (laughs) or uh, Mr. Alberto Giladino at the helm maybe that's an issue for them but uh, the Grifone Look, they're such a historic club and then they should be playing Serie A football and, you know, 130 years or so, the history of, of Genoa Cricket and Football Club, founded by Englishmen, if I recall correctly. That's why that's, they've got cricket in correct. there. Um, but uh, Luigi Ferraris should have Serie A football next season. Are you happy about the other side of Genoa? Sampdoria are struggling. Well, I can. you and I have already... <laughs> Converse a little bit about that, <laughs> and happy is not even enough to describe how uh, you know when you see the oldest uh, team in Italy, therefore becomes obviously the first, and and we define it as the only one in the city. But obviously, when we went down to City B, uh, there was like a full procession from the Sandoria fans with uh, coffins and so on. Oh yeah, but. But I remember that. for them, this is going to be a, a double whammer because not only Genoa made only one year to come back, and again, knock on wood, touch any amulet you want, uh, but at the same time, uh, most likely, by the looks of it, it seems like Sampdoria is going to be uh, relegated with a very high, heavy aura around them of bankruptcy too. Yeah, they're struggling. Marco Lano's stepped in, they've had issues with their owner and uh, former president as well. We won't go too much into that, although you may be on the La Lanterna pod, you guys would revel in speaking about the demise of Sampdoria for the for an hour or so. But, um, you know, I've always got a soft spot for the Genovese clubs as a neutral. Don't uh, hold that against me because, you know, you've got the likes <laughs> no, from the not. Thomas Scuravi days in the 90s. I've got that thing for, for Genoa. And then for some, you know, obviously Viali, Mancini, Marco Lanna as well. Great players, in my opinion. Even the Maninis and um, who else do we have there? Rude Hullet went over there. David Platt. So to me... Dosena. Yeah, Dosena as well. And and to see such an emotional outburst for some of the miseria, we'll call it, and uh, Viali passing, Mihalovic passing this year, it's, it's a soft spot and... You know, it's a sad moment for for a lot of people. And their shirt, just like Genoa's, is so iconic. And, you know, I'd love to see the Derby della Lanterna in Serie A. I think you guys are safe to say that it won't be played in Serie B next season. Uh, Fabulous football by Genoa. And good times, but uh, on the other side of uh, Genoa, it's uh, no one's happy. Everyone's in the position that Genoa was last season. So let's move on and take a look at some of the individuals in the Genoa side. You mentioned Dragosin, who's come over on loan from Juventus. He played with Sampdoria for a while, didn't he? How's he been received? Well, it was interesting at the beginning because of exactly what you just said. Not only Juventus, which you know that other than Sampdoria, that's the other 
quote-unquote hated team from a Genoa fan perspective. So the, the, the reception was not that great. Also because at the beginning it didn't seem that he was welcoming the arrival to the team. Again, these are just what you can read on the headlines. But he showed himself uh, from the beginning to be a super professional player. He put himself out there, uh, availability and whatnot, and he showed... Um, pure dedication and, and quite great talent as well, even on a forward perspective. Now, he was part of the um, a, a deal that went through with Cambiazzo, with Juventus. And um, so he was part of that, um, you know, the, 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 the payment for, for, for Cambiazzo. So it was a yes, indeed alone, but um, an obligation to buy back, which got already executed in January. Um, but no, uh, he's definitely a player that was on the radar from the beginning to see what his outcome was. And I would think that he is definitely, I, if I'm not mistaken, he's probably the player that runs the most minutes on the pitch. Well, he's done just under 3,000 minutes for the season so far. And 33 games he's played in, started 32 of those, scored four goals. It's his best season ever. Of course, he's only 21. Uh, Radu Dragosin, for those of you who don't really know much about him. He's Romanian and he spent some time with the Juventus under-23s. He then got loaned out to Sampdoria, Salernitana, played Serie A football last season and was split between the two sides. Somehow survived with Salernitana. I uh, can't believe how they finished their season uh, under Nicola last term, but uh, he's with Genoa now and he's excelling in Serie B and it's such a tough league, especially as a defender, because there are high-caliber strikers in that lead. We've got Lapadula there, we've got Corda, and you know, if you take a look around, other players that quite can't get the playing time like an Aramu, he will come to Serie B. In terms of minutes, let's have a look. Yeah, he has played the most minutes over Frendrup, who's played 400 less. He's second place. Then Goodmanson, another 200 minutes less. So he has been the most consistent factor in Genoa's side. Are there other players in the team that you can pick out that maybe I haven't, uh, like a Strootman or, uh, you know, the work of Martinez in goal? Well, you did mention quite a few. Um, I want to um, highlight, highlight especially the likes of uh, Goodmanson. He, I would think that he is probably the best, if not in the top three uh, players of the league right now. He's a raw talent Um he has a little bit of a hothead and that's why the apparently the the coach from from the iceland uh, side has has deemed not to call him on purpose i guess because of his hothead but with genoa he's always um you know well behaved and he has these moments that he basically have has these um uh, defenders falling on the grass on their bum if i may say uh because he just turns the ball as if it was you know, just so fast, so dribbles and so on. It, it, it's just fantastic to watch and play. I watched the highlights of the game on the weekend against Perugia and phenomenal performance. It was all Genoa, apart from one or two instances in, in the highlights reel. For those of you who like a bit of Serie B, go and look up the Serie B channel on YouTube. And Genoa looked like they were totally dominating that game, deserved to win it with a clean sheet. And Goodmanson, he has eight goals. He last scored against uh, Brescia by the look of it, but uh, in the 3-0 win, he got a brace. So 
that's his first brace in Italian football, by the way. But it's it looks like he's a big product for the future. He's 25. He's from Iceland, as you said. PSV Eindhoven Primavera or Youth Academy coming through. He played with the RZ Alkmaar, and now he's with Genoa. And it's amazing. He did play a few games in in Serie A last season. Got a goal as well which uh, was actually scored in that 2-1 win against Juventus. That's a great pickup, especially when you factor in, you know, we're talking 1-2 million euros for players like this to come in. And I think he's equipped for a season in Serie A. I'm not sure what Dragosin's going to do next season, but why wouldn't he join and, and stay with Genoa unless Juventus really, really need him to come back? one of those things where it's looking up for Genoa and not so for Sampdoria. Are there other players in the in the squad you could point out? Who is this uh, Josep Martinez in goals? So Josep Martinez, um, he is a player that came from, I can't remember now, I apologize for that, but... It, I think it's a Segunda club. Uh, I think it might be Las Palmas. Okay, Actually, Spain, let Spain. me just look him up. He's from RB Leipzig, but he was a bench player. He, was, he wasn't the first team keeper. Correct. Um, but before that, he was with Las Palmas and he was with the Barcelona seconds in that squad there. But he came as a surprise, like no one really knew him. So having had a Semper, which was uh, the second to to to, to la- all last year, essentially, we thought he was the natural uh, goalie to take over. But essentially, we have two number ones. Um, competing against each other at the beginning it almost felt like it was dangerous because it's very well known that when you have two uh, goalies competing for each other you might get the opposite Uh, but essentially they both came out quite strong Um, Martinez showed even more and more and more uh, ownership of the of the field and of the defense itself and 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 by the numbers that you also said before, most of the matches are under uh, Martinez and having the second best or the first best defense in Serie B r- right now with this year's seasons, how it's uh, spanning out and whatnot, it's 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 quite important. Yeah, absolutely. Having a keeper come across, he's on loan, but he he does look like he's got real talent and. Go moving forward, if they can hold on to the majority of this Genoa squad and just make some improvements here and there, I, I, do, I do see a couple of names from last season that moved on, the likes of Melegoni, who's I, I think he's in the Belgian league with Standard Liège now, and also Cassata moved to Ternana. There's been some uh, controversy with one or two other players and some court proceedings outside of football, but uh, also... Uh, Yaya Calon is with Verona. Is he still owned by Genoa or is he on loan at Verona? He's on loan with Verona. Straight straight uh, loan, yes. Okay, so he's getting more Serie A experience. He can build on this squad and then you've got those stalwarts that are still there. Sturaro. We'll see whether Crisito stays. Uh, Pajac has been in and out on loan for a couple of years. Massimo Corda. Do you think he'd go up or is he a Serie B lover? He's definitely a Serie B, more than lover, I would say a Serie B uh, jewel. Um, he did have one spell, I believe it was with Benevento in Serie A, didn't do that great. But I think that he will be great for next year's cause for Genoa, not maybe as the main striker, because you have to also think about his age now. He's like... Um, 34. 30, exactly. So he's not like that young, if I may say, he's not like your Cristiano Ronaldo's like, but um, he would definitely be a great support for the whomever striker that might be selected uh, in the event of going up in Serie A. Um, 
But at the same time, I think a lot of them uh, are more of a cadetti style, so Serie B style of players. Um, but you, 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 you did say the right thing, like in a sense, like there is no reason why these players will uh, stay with the cause for the Genoa coming up uh, and, and, and still stick around, essentially, because even just the promotion itself, a lot of these players have been, you know, as you said, loaned out, but always most of them played in the Serie B, like the Sabelli or the Yagello. But at the same time, uh, uh, we have to see also what um, Spores, which is the general manager, the sports director, which not, uh, he, he's the one that uh, is fetching out there the talent like your Goodmanson or Hefty, which is another one that we did not talk about. Um, he had some injury issues and whatnot, but uh, at the same time, he's looking for this talent and he, he seems like the, what we call them, the, the spores boys are doing very well. So just to mention a few are um, Hefty, our Dragushin, our Goodmanson, um, and, and even Martinez himself is another one as well. Sure. And Sylvan Hefty came over last season. I think it was around Blessing's time when he arrived. He brought over Sylvan Hefty, who I think was playing Europa League football at the time or had played Champions League with young boys. So getting players like that, obviously he's put in a good showing. Yeah, he actually has played 11 times last season in the Champions League and scored a goal. So I think that's where he got noticed. He scored against Atalanta. So having players like that come in are just going to boost the profile. And Serie A is going to welcome Genoa back with open arms. It won't be like, you know, Serie A fans, neutrals, just look at Frosinone and say, yes, thank God Frosinone is here. It's going to be the likes of a Genoa or even a Bardi coming up just to, you know, reinforce how special and great and breathtaking Serie A can be and try and mix the flavors of the past of the 90s and noughties with the 2020s and, and get Serie A back to where it once was. But yeah, Serie B is such a, a strong second division. In my opinion, I'm, look, I'm not sure. I might be biased here. Maybe you'll accuse me a bit biased, Fabrizio. But <laughs> in my opinion, Serie B is the best second division. A lot of people are going to say, oh, the championship in England is. But I've, I've done a bit of commentary in, in, in the championship and I can tell you the overall standard of play, the defensive pressure, all those things come in Serie B, not in the championship. There is some of that and they do get some decent names in that division. But, uh, you know, the Segunda in Spain, I don't think it's up to the level of Serie B. Obviously, Serie B is probably a bit weaker than it was a couple of decades ago because we're looking... Uh, at such uh, uh, the diminishing of Italian youth coming through Serie A now, you know, a lot of them, we don't have the numbers, we don't have the quality, we didn't have the academies that could compete with the likes of the championship and even League One in England is uh, quite phenomenal with the way that they spread the cash around. So, but for what Serie B is, it's a low budget, very, very low budget version of Serie A. It operates basically on, on the fumes that, that Serie A functions on. So for what they have and for what they deliver, the bang for buck, in my opinion, that is outstanding. 
it's absolutely a, 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 a totally underestimated league. Um, definitely it, the power of money, as you said, it, it, out there, the appeal the for the second division in the city, uh, in the Italian city series, for that matter, is very low in a, uh, on the appeal. Like just for, for instance, if I look at the TV rights um, in North America, just to give you an example of, of the appeal there is, Canada has no rights to view City B, while the United States, they're doing it through Hellbiz. But uh, it, why? It, when it's such an interesting um, uh, league, uh, very competitive. Besides, one thing that it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine with respect to the fact of, there, you know, there's a lot of Italians that are around the world. And when you come from a specific area or specific even city, sometimes the Italian way, unfortunately, is to root for the larger, the bigger team, the more successful one. So oh, yeah. just to give you, and you know that even probably more than I do, <laughs> why not yeah. cheer for your own, uh, similarly to England per se, team cheer for your own team even if it's in second even if it is in third division because it's important then you can have a second love like an, another team which may be the you know the more powerful one the more known the one that goes into the european cups and whatnot but i think that's a, something that italy has to um find that again i agree i absolutely agree i know what it's like i, I know what exactly what you're trying to to tell us the the way that people vicariously seek success through just following the biggest team or the teams that win all the time and they you can go to sicily and everyone's an inter or juventus fan uh, the odd milan fan or roma but come on guys what the reason why catania is in serie d and why they were bankrupt is because you guys weren't actually buying official merchandise you weren't going to games and you can see it now even with with some clubs now that um, the likes of, uh, I won't say Sampdoria, but maybe with Verona and a couple of other teams that are struggling, Cremonese even I saw on the weekend had not that many people in the stadium. And, you know, I was there at the start of the season when they, when they hosted Napoli and it was amazing. It was packed. I mean, I have to admit most of the crowd was, they were Napoli fans, but they were so supportive of the side. And then once demotion is on the cards it's like less people go on this is the issue with um, I don't want to say fair weather football fans because I still believe that there are fans that have their club like a, a Genoa or you know you can look at Parma. I know a lot of fans being a Napoli fan most of my life it's been uh, when they were, went bankrupt oh, well, who are we going to follow in Serie A oh, well we'll follow Parma because Zola, Cripa and Cannavaro went there from Napoli or we'll follow Fiorentina because, you know, their mid-table side that we, we like to see take out the big boys. So there are those factors in place, but just following the big teams because they win is simply not good enough for me when you're from a Calabria or a Sicily or somewhere in Lazio or Le Marche. Follow your teams as well, at least to the same level that you're following Juventus or Milan or Inter. No, and it's, that's absolutely right. Like I remember, and I, I'm going to say this just because it can be applied to any other routes um, or any other type of teams if you're rooting for them and whatnot. But like Genoa was our, this, it was already known that it was they were relegated after the match against Napoli, by the way. And at that point, there was mathematically uh, two games to the end or something like that was automatically certain for relegation. But 
the last match, which was at home against Bologna, so it was already known that it was a relegation. There was almost a, a sold out at the stadium. After the stadium, after the match, all the fans went all around the city in, in you know, in a process, procession style with a flares, a chanting, and because the passion and the love is still there, it doesn't matter that we got relegated. We're still all united. We're still all going to be rooting in the city of B, uh, having the most spectators. Obviously, we don't have the powers of Bari's stadium, but when it comes to average of attendance and so on, it brought that average up for City B. Why? Because it doesn't matter that we're at City B. We will still have the 20, with 20,000 uh, season tickets and, 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 and every match day at home, like in the ranges of 24, 28, 30,000 even against um, um, Perugia uh, last weekend that you mentioned. So just... It, 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 we actually on the on the road during this season, um, we met a, a great um, different uh, people from around the world for the city B uh, side and so on. Very uh, you know at heart because these are people that are not going for the Juventus because they're not going to be competing champions. But at the same time, you see this passion out there, and we actually um, found new Genoani. Maybe also thanks to the podcast, La Lanterna. But what they said to me is like, we don't want to cheer and root for these big ones because it's easy to go for that. We want to go with this passion that you can sense looking at the Ferraris, looking, this is the example for Jim, of course, but it can be applied to everything else. And that passion, that, that yelling, that chanting, that beautiful song that they had played, um, Guasso d'Amore that has gone on the, on the charts. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, uh, brought a lot of attention and, and love for, for, for the, the Rosso Blue. And we got new, as I said, new, new, uh, fans and they said, we decided to become Genuani because there's that passion. It doesn't matter we're out there to win every match and going to win the Scudetto, which, by the way, one more and then we get the star. But, you know, <laughs> it's important and it's it's just like heartbreaking. Actually, no, the opposite, sorry. Like, it, it just melts my heart when you see these people. I have this gentleman, he's in Alabama, in the United States, and he said, I was looking for a team for over 20 years. But once I got to hear you two, Matt and I, at the Lantana Pod, and start to follow Genoa and the passion and the history behind it, it's just beautiful. That's brilliant. And the same thing applies to everybody else. Yeah, well, I mean first class from you guys to be attracting people, not just to Genoa, but to the Italian game overall, because it, you know, from my experience, and I'm sure you can agree with me here, it takes a fair bit of effort to put together a podcast and organize guests or just organize the recording. And, you know, sometimes you've got editing and you've got to promote it or do some graphics and it takes a lot of time out of the week. So for you guys to be doing that and to be running your you know, Provinciale Genoa clubs, whether it's in Toronto or New York, or even if this guy's going to start his own in Alabama, imagine that, um, you know, that is superb work. And, you know, I applaud you guys. What you're doing is, you know, super for Serie A and Serie B and just for Italian football in general. It's to be lauded. So well done, guys. And um, yeah, let's hope Genoa can continue the march forwards. It'd be nice to see them back in Serie A because, you know, Corda, uh, Goodmanson, the likes of Dragusin and Strutman, but Serie B in general. I mean, what a product. You've got Fabregas at Como. You've got Cutrone there as well. You've got Vasquez 
at Padma, and they've got a great squad. Then you've got these smaller players that people don't really know about until you watch Genoa take on a Pisa and see Liozzi play or Cittadella and there's Antonucci. We've seen the, the, the birth of Brunori, Kedira, who was a World Cup star as well with Morocco. He's at Bari. Don't forget the ninja. Nangolan at Spal. Nangolan's back as well. Yeah, he's at Spal. Yeah, that's a, that's a great call there. And you've got a lot of the Italian under-20s and 21s there. We've got Circati at Parma, Fabian at Regina, and so much more talent. Moncini, the, all these guys have had a go. Some of them in Serie A, and then they've had to go down a level. Cherry as well at Como, Caso at Frosinone. Roberto Insigne that's at right, Frosinone right. as well. So we, we'll, we might actually have an Insigne in Serie A next season. Uh, follow Runcio at Bari as well. So uh, Genoa are helping to, to fly that flag and to, to bring some attention to the second division. And I guess that's the upside to having Genoa go down is the, there's more eyes on Serie B. And then, uh, you know, I, I guess Lecce and Cremonese are still they're, they're decent clubs, but not the size of Genoa, don't have the history. Uh, you know, the clubs that have won Coppa Italia and uh, Scudetti and been in Europe and playing in finals and winning your way for cups, this kind of stuff. We need the strength of Genoa back in Serie A. And I think with that run of games at the end of the season... I think you'll just get over the line. Well, not just get over the line. I think you'll get over with a couple of games to spare. You've got Cittadella, Sutirol, Ascoli. And then the last and two, which are the big ones, right? Frosinone and Bari are the big ones. But I think you'll be able to go into that game with Bari not really having to s- scrap it out. I think Bari will definitely need the points, but you might already be promoted. Who knows? Automatic promotion for Genoa. Keep eyes on that match just for the spectacle because if that is indeed the match of the promotion, it's going to be something out of this world. What a narrative there because it's Serie A club against Serie C club meeting in Serie B to go up. That would be something spectacular. Hopefully for you guys, you've already been promoted. I think Frosinone is definitely going up. They're, they're too far ahead. And uh, Bardi with a chance, Sutirol fading. And I think if Genoa beats Sutirol in a, on the 1st of May, I think that will be Sutirol's uh, challenge for automatic promotion. But once again, the Cinderella story of Serie B is Sutirol uh, as well as Bardi, but Sutirol more so because they don't have a, a De La Renta's family backing them. That's right. <laughs> and and they, they've only got a stadium that holds about, I think, 8,000 people Something like that. Up, up in Bolzano. And when you actually see live games there, you're going to realize it is a tiny club that's only 20, 25 years old. And they have brought through some really good talent. It's a team, I think, of like guys that are just out there to prove themselves. It's, like, it's kind of like seeing the, the older mid-40s guy at the gym that's bringing back the glory days. A lot of those players are at Sutirol. And even the coach, I mean, Bizoli is there and he was with Brescia last year and somehow he's got Sutirol up into the, the, the playoffs. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And, you know, a lot smaller than Parma, uh, a lot smaller than, I won't say Regina, but definitely smaller than Cagliari. I'm just saying this because I got, we as a Genoani got, um, and we said that before, but I'm just repeating. Um, Serie B is very underestimated, uh, very not looked. Just take a chance on taking more of Serie B in. Uh, you have a lot more exposure compared to others, of course, for obvious reasons, but 
it's such a great league and in a way it'll feel sad to leave it because um you know it's it, it, all these people that i also met throughout the throughout the season itself just shows even the welcoming when we first went down uh, of City B, we welcome you to our family and so on. It is indeed a family, um, but it's it's it, it needs to be more powerful somehow, financially maybe or somehow. But uh, it, it's an important, and, and I think to one point that you said earlier, it definitely needs to bring more, um, and same for Serie A, by the way, but that's a totally different conversation to make for the Italian youth, um, you know, to, to to get a lot more minutes under their hands. And, and to excel. Uh, and, and, and yeah, we need more Italian players. Yeah, we do. Most of them are playing in Serie C. From uh, some of the research I've done, the, the Serie C is full of them with, um, I think there's 60 teams in, in Serie C and then I think there's about 170 odd in Serie D including the uh, son of Antonio Di Natale who scored a cracker last week for I can't remember the name of the side it might be Orvietana something like that Okay. Filippo Di Natale scored a cracker from like 30, 35 yards absolutely bomb into the top corner so uh, that's going doing the rounds on Twitter but that's Serie D for you so yeah and last thing if I may add is you talked about the Ferra Pisalo uh, and uh, the um, Reggiana but let's not forget another Ligure team is coming up from Serie C to Serie B and that's oh sorry or is it the opposite it's Sesta Levante Sesta Levante I think they're in Serie D right so they're going to Serie C sorry my bad yeah but never no, that's good. I mean, it's, it's a great moment for the club. So, of course, give them a shout out. Why not? Fabrizio on the mic. So, uh, look, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us, Fabrizio, because it's been an absolute pleasure to talk Genoa, Serie B. And I think even though you might miss Serie B, you can check in on it when the Doriani are playing in 2023 <laughs> unless they go to Serie D <laughs> well uh, we'll see about that well exactly. I've actually no, I've known that heartbreak before being an Napoli fan so and yes we will reiterate that message follow your local clubs and there are loads of great people on Twitter that are promoting the lower leagues Andy Wallace is one of them who loves Serie C Serie D he's the expert give him a shout out here but you guys are the mouthpiece of the Genoa fans and it's so great to have you on. I will also make sure people know that it's at La Lanterna Pod on Twitter. Listen to the pod on Spotify, all the platforms, and also Genoa Club Toronto for the Genoa Club Toronto on Twitter as well. Fabrizio, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's stato un piacere. Pleasure is mine. It's always an honor to stay and talk with you because it's always interesting and it's fantastic. Thank you for having me here. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And thanks. We'll do this again soon. Hopefully, it'll be when Genoa are confirmed back in Serie A. All eyes on us. As usual, thank you for stopping in to listen to the Lego Football Podcast. So great having you with us once again. Don't forget to follow us on our socials, Facebook and Twitter. Once again, thanks to Fabrizio. He's the president of the Genoa Club Toronto. Unfortunately, Matt from the Genoa Club New York couldn't join us for this one, but we'll have him on again soon. Stick with us for more pods coming your way before the season's end. We've just posted part four of the Morales Maradona, the trip up to the Maradona Wall in Naples. Do check that out on our Twitter page and the full documentary, the mini documentary, will be coming on YouTube once all the parts are uploaded. We are at Lega Football on Twitter. My name's David Farini, your Lega host. Ci sentiamo. This is Lega Football.